Uh, so last week, um, uh, had I had the foreknowledge, I probably would have preached this sermon last week and last sermon last week this week. Uh, but uh, but we were talking about uh, it was in Colossians last week, and this was Paul kind of giving us the hey, these are the signs of a spiritual life, right? He's, and he's saying this is this is how we can kind of gauge and see right that the fruit of the Lord is birthing up within you. Well. This morning is sort of similar, but it's the kind of precursor to that. Uh, and so we're going to be in a parable. It's a super famous parable. Many of you, uh, even if you haven't like read through your Bibles, you've probably at least heard of this. It's the parable of the sower of planting seeds in the different kinds of grounds, right? And so it's in Matthew 13. It's actually in all the synoptic gospels. I uh, mean, all of them but John. And, uh, and so you can find it in all of them, what Luke 8, Mark 4. But uh, here it's uh, Matthew 13 has like... It's like, the, it's long. There's a lot going on there. We're going to pick out two parts, uh, verses 1 through 9, so 13, 1 through 9, where he tells the par- parable, and then 18 through 23, where he explains the parable. This is one of those very rare occurrences where Jesus is like, this is exactly what it means, children, all right? Uh, and so we're going to kind of get a window in, and I pray this is a help for you as it was for me uh, in my own prep for this text. Let's read together. That same day... Jesus went out of the house and sat by the lake. Such large crowds gathered around him that he got into a boat and sat in it while all the people stood on the shore, right? Because the sound would carry off of the water and it would kind of act like a natural magnifying voice. So you'd go out on the boat, right? Then he told them things in parables, saying, A farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering the seed, some fell on the path, and the birds came and ate it up. Some fell in rocky places where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly because of the, so- the soil was shallow. But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched and they withered because they had no root. Other seed fell among the thorns, which grew up and choked the plants. Still other seed fell on good soil where it produced a crop. A hundred, sixty, thirty times what was sown. Whoever has ears, let him hear. Dun, 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 right? And so then that's kind of his piece with the people. Then he goes and he does the explanation with the disciples. So everyone's kind of left with that, right? And everyone's like, do I not have ears? Uh, and he takes the disciples to the side and he says this, listen to what the parable of the sower means, picking up in verse 18. When anyone hears the message about the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what was sown in their heart. This is the seed on the path. The seed falling on rocky ground, rocky ground refers to someone who hears the word and at once receives it with joy. But since they have no root, they last only a short time. When trouble or persecution comes because of the word, they quickly fall away. The seed falling among the thorns refers to someone who hears the word, but the worries of this life, the deceitfulness of wealth, Choke the word, making it unfruitful. But the seed falling on good soil refers to someone who hears the word and understands it. This is the one who produces a crop yielding 160, 30 times what was sown. This is God's word. Let us pray that we'd enter in. Father, that is our prayer. That we would enter in this story that it might illuminate something very real within us God and so our prayer here is to do what only you can do I cannot change the heart of man left up to themselves these people cannot produce a change within themselves 
Lord, your Holy Spirit must work within us. And so, Lord, where honest conviction is necessary this morning, I pray that people would receive it. Where the joy of knowing salvation in the kingdom of God is necessary, Lord, I pray that we would rejoice and receive that. Either way, God, I pray that we would be honest with ourselves in this place. I mean, who are we going to hide from, God? <laughs> We're not in here lost from you. But you know our hearts. So God, this morning, would we do the work of, of being searched by you? So Lord, we surrender to you, and we pray that this would illuminate something with us that maybe we weren't even prepared to encounter here this morning as we love and trust in the precious name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Uh, Wednesday this week, uh, I was up here. I left a little early from work, around 4 p.m. Uh, we had a dinner at my parents' house uh, with a cousin and, uh, and an uncle who were in town from California. They're not moving here, for the record. Um, but, uh, and so they were, uh, they were here, and, and so I was, we were driving back out. My wife and I had gone to home. We were changing, you know, and then we're going out there. And I got a call from the wedding venue guy right here. He's like, hey, man, uh, do you have a leak or something? And I'm like, I don't think so. Like, I was literally just there. We had a leak, but we fixed that. The freeze busted a pipe, but that's all done. That's all taken care of. I was like, I'm driving by. I'll check it out. He's like, well, the neighbors are talking about their property flooding. And I'm like, I'm sorry. Uh, run that one by me again. I was like, all right, we'll stop by. I was like, babe, I'm sorry. She's like, we're already running late. I'm like, I know. I'll just pop up, and we'll, we'll check it out, and we'll see what's going on. Sure enough, I walk right up here in between our two properties where our main line hits in, you know, and, uh, and water is like gushing out of our main line. Like just, I mean, unbridled, just, you know what an, you know what an eight inch water line pipe can leak? Uh, I mean, th we're talking, this is legit, right? A lot of water just <laughs> flooding out. And so like, I'm, and there's this girl there, she's like videotaping it. I'm like, that's what I need. Uh, <laughs> You know, and, and so I lean down, and, and I'm, like, just trying to work on it, right? And it's like this crazy, like, it was just totally flooded out. That's the dumpster right there, and that's me just, which my wife is always like, why do you always wear your boots? I'm like, ha, for days like this. Am I right, Scott? You never know. You never know. These bad boys are waterproof. I was, like, trudging around, so prideful. I was like, look, don't even not get my socks wet, you know? And I'm like, this thing was a disaster. It was a total, I mean, water was, it was pouring down, like down there. For reference, this is happening right out here, just pouring down that direction into Canyonwood, right? I mean, it was flooded. The street was like flooded down over there. It was so much water. And so I called him right, you know, and, and the, evidently the girl there, because he sent me a picture. This is his picture, right? He sent it to me. He's like, who's this guy? I'm like, that's me. I'm trying to stop this thing, you know, I'm reaching down there trying to get it, but I can see the break is before it even comes into our line, so, like, I'm just fruitlessly trying to adjust our levers, like, none of these are cutting it off, because it's right there, you know, and meanwhile, I'm there, my hand's up like this, and, uh, uh, and, and, that, and, and it was about that time where just this, this shooting pain, I mean, just like the sting of the fires of hell, right, just wham, I'm like, oh my gosh, and I look at my hand, and it is covered in ants. Covered. Yeah, yeah, it's just, there you go. Yeah. Aren't you glad we got a high-def projector for such a time as this? Right? I mean, there was, I counted, there was somewhere between 150 and 200 ants. Uh, not, I wouldn't count, oh, look, there's one, two, right? Like the bites. I counted the bites. Right? Because what did they do? Right? When it floods, they seek the high ground. And so they were all up where this thing was right, and I'm just like, ah, and there's this huge pool of water in front of me, so I'm just like rinsing it all off, yeah, it's bad, 
This is like, it's nice. I have leprosy. It's fine. Uh, right? And so now I'm like, I don't know what to do. I don't have the tools, uh, literally and figuratively. And I'm just like running, trying to figure out like, uh, and so I call Rob, because that's what I do when anything is going wrong. And I'm like, Rob, I don't know. He's like, oh, well, you know, have you searched? I was like, Rob, I don't think you're comprehending what's going on here. He's like, well, you know, just find the car. It's fine. I'm like, and I FaceTime him. He's like, oh, my God. And he's like, I can hear him yelling at his assistant, Robin, call Travis County. You got to get the, the emergency PUA over. Shut up. I'm like, I don't know even know what PUA means, but bring him. And they're like, so now I'm on the phone with Rob. He's like, well, go down here. And I was like, well, I heard maybe there's a fire hydrant. And, and so now I'm like bearing down this rocky hill now, which is totally transformed. It is like. It's basically like Mount Rainer over here now. Like, it's dangerous, you know, and it's just like just right down all these rocks. And I'm, you know, and Sarah's like, where are you going? I'm like, never mind. I got to save the church, you know, and I'm just like running down. She's got like the baby and live and everyone's like crying. The dog's in the car making a disaster. And I'm just like running down and I, and I get down to the bed and they're like trying to talk to me. I'm like, hold on, you know, and I'm like, clearly I need to make some other New Year's resolutions. FYI. Maybe get on the treadmill. I don't know. But now I'm on the phone with Rob, and now Rob has called in our civil engineer. So now he's also on the line, uh, Joel. So Joel's on. I'm like, great. He's, got the, he's like, let me get the plans. He's like trying to find the plans. Meanwhile, the PUA has joined the phone call. So now they've chimed in on this phone call. And the boss of them is also now on the phone call. So there's like, I don't know what this is. And then some guy named Paul gets on the phone call who's important. I don't even know who Paul is. I'm like, yeah, get Paul on the line. They're like, well, you got to go down there to find the fire hydrant, you know, whatever. And I'm like, I'm looking. I don't see it. He's like, well, it's 30 feet. This way. I'm like, oh, my God. They're like, oh, no, it's actually back up by the dumpster. And I'm like, no. And I'm like, okay, okay, I got this. And, and Rob, he's like on the phone. He's just like, he knows. Like, he can sense it. He knows me. He's like, Matt's not equipped for this. Right? And I'm just like huffing it back up. And I'm like, I don't see it. I don't even know, you know, and then they finally arrive, and they had to get this, like, six-foot, like, tool to go way down this pipe to turn it off. I'm like, what chance did I have? <laughs> I just little pipe in the ground, like, oh, this is what you needed. I'm like, don't say it like I was supposed to have that in my tundra, okay? You know, and so why share this story? A, this is just a day in the life of a campus pastor. Uh, but B, in life, for you, like, what does this have to do with this stuff? In life. Man, in almost especially in times of adversity, you will have a series of voices competing for your attention, trying to tell you what the real solution is, how you should approach this problem, how you should approach this issue. Right? Go up the hill. Go up there. No, it's actually this. Well, you need that tool. Do you have a monkey wrench? Right? When adversity hits, it's going to tell you to turn to different things. Some of them good. Some of them bad. The reality is, though, there's a lot of things speaking into your heart. And the question that this parable is meant to ask us is this. How good are you at listening? Are you a good listener? You're like, not expecting what I was, <laughs> what I thought you were going to say, right? This whole parable is about how you listen, right? Because listen, Jesus, like, what did Jesus come to do? Well, he came to bring forgiveness, right? Like, to be, to forgive his sins. And that would have been great. If that was all he brought, that would have been awesome, right? Hey, I forgive your sins. Deal. Like, that's awesome. That's great. That would have been su superb if that's all he did. But that isn't all he did. He came to do something else. He came to bring something. What did he come to bring? He said it all the time. I am coming to bring the 
kingdom of God. Sounds like something we might want to be a part of. Can we agree? I came to bring the kingdom of God. And so what is that, right? That is, that is, the, that is the marrying of two different things. It is the marrying of, of the depravity of man and the, the full mercy and holiness of God. And somehow these things are encountering here on earth, like this kingdom of God is happening, where these things are encountering and now perfect peace is being shed out from this, this perfect, you know, Jesus in, in, in unionizing himself with our depravity, and the kingdom of God is born in that somehow, right? And so, he talked a lot about this, inheriting the kingdom of God. Well, how does one receive the kingdom? How do we become a part of that? Like, how do I tap into that power? Because, you know, I mean, I even see this too. Uh, uh, y'all heard me last time. I'm, I'm writing through the book of Acts right now. Like, I'm just writing out verse by verse every day. I write out three verses. I'm two days behind. I'm not going to let it get me, though. I'm going to catch up tomorrow, okay? Uh, right? And so, the, so I'm starting in Acts, and he talks in there. The disciples all come to him, and they're like, so when are you going to bring the kingdom? Because he came back. He just resurrected from the dead, and he's back. And they're like, surely now's the time. And he almost ignores their question. He's like, you don't understand. He's like, you're about to receive the Holy Spirit. He's like, this is a kingdom you don't fully understand. So how do, man, how do we tap into that? How do we get that power? What's this kingdom he's talking about? And the answer is unusual. The kingdom of God comes by hearing. It comes by you listening. I mean, just look at, right, you're like, that's crazy. Right? Well, like, look at his explanations here starting at verse 18. I'm, just, I'm, I'm not going to put it on the screen. But four times, right, he says, right, when anyone hears the message about the kingdom, right, someone who hears the word. This seed is about someone who hears the word, right, but worries. Right, the good soul refers to someone who hears the word and understands it. How do you inherit the kingdom of God? You hear the word. You listen. It comes by hearing, which is crazy, right? Because earthly, earthly kingdoms are never established this way. Right? Like that, no, no kingdom in our life really works that way, right? Earthly kingdoms are almost, always, uh, are almost always set up by force or by coercion, right? right? It never comes through hearing, right? Earthly leaders are usually very good at getting a hearing, right? Not giving a hearing. Right? Listening well, listening deeply is the primary skill of the kingdom of God. Without it, you cannot enter into it. Yeah. That should terrify all of y'all. So it begs the question, what are you listening to? Of all those voices bouncing off in your head. Where does the clarity come from? The kingdom of God comes to people that are good at giving a hearing, not working to get one, right? Without it, you can't enter in. And so one of the most important skills you can master is this, is, is listening. And the world would disagree, right? I mean, most people in positions of power, right, they're great at communicating ideas. Right? They're great at, at selling something, great at lobbying ideas. Right? They come into a room and they can effectively tell other people what to do. Right? That's what makes them you know, what they are. In other words, they're usually not great listeners. 
because they're telling other people. I mean, do either of these guys strike you as being a great listener? I'm just even in the playing field. I don't care where you roll. Not, be, not, not the greatest of listeners, right? Because why? Because they would look, they would be, we would call them weak if they listened. The world would say, you're not decisive enough. They're losing their dynamic. They're not strong enough in leading in and telling us what to do. They would be pushed aside for someone who is a worse listener. Because that's where you get power from in earthly kingdoms. And Jesus is doing what he does often. Is he's saying, this is how you work. This is how you think. This is how the world works. I'm going to flip that upside down because this is how the kingdom works. You want to be first, then you need to be last. I didn't come to be served. I came to serve. The kingdom of God looks different in us and believe in in belonging to the kingdom of God should look different. We should react differently. And listeners. They're listeners, right? They are not, they're not like an earthly kingdom, right? It's not like if we're using this force analogy to the seed, right? Like think of a boulder like coming into a field. Like what does it do to the field? A boulder smashes upon the ground. But a seed comes quietly. A boulder transforms the ground externally, impressing itself upon it. But what a seed does is it comes in and it transforms something internally. A boulder is sudden, but a seed is, is gradual. It plays the long game. And it's organic. A boulder breaks the land, but a seed gives life to the land. Right? I mean, a boulder, when you see the effects of a boulder, it's superficial change. Right? It smashes the earth. It's superficial. You just see it on the surface. But a seed gives life and transforms and brings real change to the land. And many of you who are frustrated or stagnant in your faith are there because you expect the kingdom of God to operate like the earthly kingdom. And that's where a lot of our sources of struggle with the faith comes from. We expect him, well, if he was God, then he would, you fill in the blank. Well, if he really loved, if, if he's God, why not just, I mean, honestly, God, just put yourself on TV, perform a miracle, and then we would all believe in you, right? Like, why not just do that? And then there would be no more doubt, and everyone would be forced to believe. That's a boulder forcing itself upon the kingdom. That's not how the kingdom of God works. It comes subtly. It comes gentle. And sometimes it can be frustrating waiting for something to grow, because we don't fully understand it. But this is how the kingdom of God works. It's not a boulder, it's a seed. It's something so unassuming, right? Something so gentle. Something so infinitesimal at first, but over time, over time, a single seed will transform a field more than a stick of dynamite can. Look at the cedar, y'all. Am I right? Some of you, you're like, yeah, I feel it, right? A single seed. It can do a lot. I don't know if I have cedar or if I have stress, you know. It's stress, probably, just so you know. Am I right, Doc? It's everywhere. 
all right? Um, but his kingdom is not like other kingdoms. And by the way, you need to know this, those other kingdoms, they pass away. <laughs> they perish. They're the shaft. It's the, it's, the, it's the coating of the seed that just gets burned up and blown away in the wind. It's the nothing. Those kingdoms pass away. But this kingdom will never end. This kingdom never ends. Like, do you, like, do you understand that? Do you get that this is an everlasting kingdom? It's that question that is why this parable was written and why Jesus speaks it to these people. Do you understand? Where are you at with how you are hearing and understanding these words, the gospel, the hope of eternal life through me? How are you doing with that? That is, you're like, man, you spent a long time. We're not even, we haven't even talked about soil yet. Yeah, because this is, we have to set it up. This is why he's talking about this. Do you understand? And so then what he does is he, he, he gives us out these four different kinds of soil so that we can assess, do I? Do I understand? And it's just the great, um, uh, like, what's the word, like a, like triage question, you know, of how are we doing? What's this all about that I just want to walk us through? And so that's what the four soils are meant to do. They're meant for us to say, okay, yeah, where am I? Do I understand? Do I hear this? Have I really entered in? So let's look. We're going to start, uh, there's a lot of ways to unpack these. I'm just going to go through the four of them, and then, and then we'll wrap up real quick. Um, I've already preached most of the sermon, so rest assured, you're fine. Um, the pathway. Right? As he was scattering the seeds, some fell along the path, and the birds came up and ate it up. What's the pathway? This is the person who looks at spirituality theoretically, right? They have a theoretical spirituality where that's a nice idea, that's a thing, okay, it's all in the head though. They have a hardened heart. Everything that exists in their life is theoretical, spiritual, right? It, this is why it is possible for you to come in here and sit here every single Sunday and nothing take root in your heart. Because it's a pathway. You trodden it. You come in not expecting and with, your, and with your mind made up that all of this is bogus. And you have a hardened heart. And God's going to say, he's going to speak to you. And he's going to say, like, A, acknowledge that. That Jesus still takes you aside. You, like, absolute atheist in this room. He still takes you aside and says, hey, like, this isn't, this isn't your destiny. <laughs> like, there's a different path for you. You don't have to have the hardened heart. Like something, something really life-giving and fruitful can exist within you, and that is found in me. But have you come in here with a hardened heart? This path, right? We, we planted ryegrass this season in the back. My wife wanted to try it. She's like, let's do this because she's tired of like what happens in winter. We have, you know, the dog now, and it's like, it's just, a, you know, you know how it gets. And so, right, and so we, we just, we were throwing it out, and, and, and we're like, oh, wait, it's not growing. Why? Because we have a dog. Right, and there's this path where Rory walks, like, all the time, and there's just nothing grows there, because she's just like, <laughs> and we're like, no, and we just keep throwing seed there, and nothing ever happens there. I mean, we water, we do all we can, but the dog just keeps trotting. It's, it is a hardened place. Like, it can't grow there. It's been made up. There is no one there fostering, no one is giving it a chance. Question, are you giving it a chance? 
or at any moment where it comes, you just squelch it with the mind. This, t- this, the, the issue here for this person, right, in the room is, is moving from the theoretical, moving from the mind into the heart and connecting that passageway, right? You, have you ever, right, the question, have you ever come into the personal power of the truth? And maybe not, right? It, it can take time. For me, it happened in my 20s after I had taken Greek and Hebrew. Like, I'd been working at a church for like five years. A lot of you know my story, but, but I, I distinctly remember where I was, right? Because the question is, right, have you ever, right, have you ever been, has there ever been a time in your life where you just, you felt like you were finally waking up to the truth of who you are and who God is? Like, have you ever had that moment? I'll never forget it, sitting on the side of 290 in my Subaru. After what? After listening. After hearing the word. This is James, which is a great thing for a young man to listen to, by the way. It just washed over me and changed my life. And that hardened soil that I had finally loosened up. Has it ever become personal to you? And if it hasn't, here's what I would say for you. I would ask God. I would say, God, prove me wrong. And, and invite that conversation with him. Give it a shot. Enter into a different kind of community. But if everything around you is just then don't expect that seed to grow. Just say, give it a shot. Give it a little different soil. The second kind? Wait a minute. I'm not ready for Yeah, I am ready for the second kind. The rocky path. Some fell on rocky places where it did not have much soil and sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched and they withered because they had no root. The ryegrass, all right? Couldn't get it to grow anywhere. It was a disaster. But how did I get the ryegrass to my house? Well, I went to Home Depot, bought a bag, threw it in the bed of my truck, you know, and went home and we, we spread it out, all right? Where did the ryegrass grow? The bed of my tundra. Y'all, it was like a golf green in the back of it because some seed just spilled out when I threw the bag there and it grew up and I was like, babe, you got to see this. She was so fresh. She's like, What? We can't get it to grow in the ground, but in the bed of my tundra, it's just like a rubber mat. And it was just like, ding, ding, ding. We're like, what is happening? And some of you who know the bed of my truck, you're like, that might be possible, Pastor. Uh, your truck's a disaster. Sort of true. Anyway, but right, it, is just, it took root there. We're like, how did this happen? Like, we didn't even do anything. How? Because it's shallow. It's shallow. And because it was shallow, the roots were easily able to find a quick purchase. And then spread out. But then what happened? Man, it didn't last long. Why? Because it's a rubber mat. There's nothing really there of substance to really withhold it for that root to make anything lasting. This is the rocky path. Right? If the first one, if the warning was listening with just your head, the problem with the rocky path is it's listening with only your heart. You have an emotional faith. And you have lacked the duty of making it intellectual. Intellectual is an important part of your faith. You need to do the work of understanding. But it's not just the work of feeling, because your feelings will change. And there are times where you're going to need to rest on something else than how you're feeling. And so that's rocky path. That's rocky soil. Beware of listening to God with a shallow heart. These are the people that get excited about Christ and they feel the change. Maybe they get baptized right away, but their roots cannot take the exposure of the sun, right? 
right? They experience Jesus, but then when something bad happens, they can't make sense of it. It's like, why is, right? Well, if God exists and if God is good and if God loves me, then, then why did this happen? Why did that family do this? Why did this happen at school? Why did this relationship break happen? Why, why is all this going on? If God really does love me, then what are all these things going on? And if you don't have deep roots, what will happen is those situations will burn the shallow roots that you have. Why would God allow me to experience pain? What's that about? Surely, he doesn't love me or he doesn't exist and you bail. And this isn't an accusation. This is just a, this is what happens to some of us. Because you weren't concerned about entering into Christ's kingdom. You wanted Christ to enter your kingdom. Your shallow roots were about your life. They were about your world. They were about your kingdom. And, and, and like a service provider that you get frustrated with, when it stops providing the services you want, you bail, you go try another, right? When he stops serving these things, when he stops serving the desires of my heart, then surely I can't trust him with it, and you bail. They're shallow roots. And I understand those are frustrating places to be. The Bible is filled with people that God used that, that sometimes the need wasn't always met. And they went a while. And so here's some triage questions for us. Are you interested in the Savior or are you interested in a blesser? Right? Do you acknowledge where you're at and your need for, for a Savior or do you come to Him wanting, God, will you bless these things in my life? Will you fix these things? Will you bless me? Look at these things. I need this from you. And almost all of your prayers are marked by you only asking God for things and never thanking Him for what He's done in your own heart and life. Are you waiting for someone just to affirm your idea of kingdom, and when it doesn't feel good to you, you're out? It's like, Jesus isn't a sugar daddy. He's a king. There's a difference. He does not exist to meet the desires of your heart, although he does. <laughs> but it is not why he's here. And so we exist to make him the desire of our heart. And when we make him the desires of our heart, our desires are fulfilled in him. He's a king. He doesn't exist to serve us, but he has chosen to do so. But we acknowledge that he has chosen to do so. And don't blame him when all of a sudden something in our life is astray, which is usually, frankly, this is another sermon for another day, but it is often a great mercy from the Lord when those things happen in our life. I often say, um, no, I'm going to stay, I'm going to stay focused. Well, just real quick. No, no, I'm going to stay focused. I'm going to stay focused. Okay. Um, here's, here's what happens, right? When, right, when you come before him and like the whole service provider thing, right, and he's not meeting those needs, he, and when those, right, and then, and that's when you choose to like doubt or you feel like God really isn't in all this. Here's, here's what that is indicative of in, in your own heart and life. What that means is, what you really worship are those things that couldn't take the heat and bring God. Because when those things pass away and burn up in your life and you feel like you, like you can't even exist anymore, you don't know what to do, and you writhe and you writhe and you yell at God, what that means are those are the things you are worshiping. And what you really need is for God to burn those things up that you might look at him. 
but that's what the rocky soil is. It is, it is you having a, having, right, it, it looks like you're worshiping the Lord, but really you're worshiping all of this, and you're hoping that God blesses that. How could God ever ordain or bless the worship of another God? And maybe you've had an experience with Christ, and, and this is indicative also of the rocky path soil. You've had the experience, but what it's never really led to is repentance. And so here's the, like, what do I do? If this is, man, Matt, like, I feel like this might be me. This is where I struggle. This is, this is indicative of me, or maybe even just seasonally where you're at now. I would say let this draw you to a more clear understanding of the assessment of who God is and the assessment of who you are. That you are this depraved person. You don't need a blesser, you need a savior. And if that would draw you into repentance from all this fluff, all this stuff, and that you would see him for who he is, a king. Stop trying to be the God or taking on a bunch of other little gods. Allow Jesus to fully step into that role that that seed might finally take root in a different kind of soil, the full soil. The weeds, this is kind of the third and final warning of soils before he gets to the fruitful one. Other seed fell among the thorns which grew up and choked the plants. So if the first, if the first one was listening all with your mind and not with your heart, the second one was listening with all your heart and not your mind, this one is the heart that listens divided. It's a divided heart, right? Uh, and so I wager that this is probably, this is probably the soil that most of us especially in our Western American culture, are guilty of the most. I have an example here. Uh, Rob, I'm really sorry, but uh, I ripped this out of the front gardens of the church uh, this morning. Uh, the Lord was in need. Uh, so, anyhow. So, right, so this is, right, like this is, this is our faith. And many of you, mean you've had a regenerative, honest encounter with the Lord. Right, he's come in and he's produced something within you. Something is starting to birth. What man, you're seeing the fruit of that in your life, right? And 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 something, right? Something is changing within you, and it's beautiful, frankly. Like you love it. Maybe other people are seeing this thing bud up within you, right? Uh, and a little time goes on, and then you're like, you know what? Like this is great. I want to chase after that, but also I really care about the kind of clothes I wear. So I'm gonna. I need to wear those too. Right, that needs to be a part of my life that's important to me. Uh, right, I'm going to have to chase, like, I need to make money. How much money? More money, always, right? So now I have that, right? I need to be able to chase that. I need that to be, like, that's going to be a, a high value of mine, right? We need to make money. It's not evil to have money, right? No, it's totally not, right? Well, what about sports? Is my kid making the team? Are they on it? What team are they on? Is it just club sports? Or are we just doing the school sports? Like, where are we at? I don't know, but that's going to be a factor there, too. Well, I need to have a job, so I'm working. And so, like, that's a big part of my identity. That needs to be a big part of what's going on. Okay, so I'm working. I'm nailing it there. Okay, well, I need to drive the right car. Well, you know, Bill down the road, he bought a new truck. Now I need a different car. I need a real truck, you know. Right, 150 ain't handling anymore. I need a 250. You know what, I, you know what a 250 can drag? A travel trailer. That's what I need, too. Uh, and so we do that, right? Well, what is, are they on the right, you know, are we doing the right, are they winning? Are they at it? Do we have the private support? Do we have all this stuff? You know, well, what about my arrogant persona? People need to see that I am who I am. And all of a sudden we look around and we wonder why we come into a place like this and we look around at our faith and we're like, man, what happened? And you never intended 
for your relationship with God to become so elusive. But it's like it just got choked out by the pursuit of all the stuff. And hear me, the pursuit of any of these is not evil. But what happens in our lives is we begin to say this or this or this or this is informing my faith. And now my faith is not informing this, 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 and this. Friends, are you on the choked out path? Is your life about, right? Because that's the deal. We are not meant to chase these things. We are meant to have these things in our life, but what we're meant to pursue is that under here, which is trying to bear fruit, but it can't. And that's the, that's the like depressing part of the verses after he says you're being choked out by what the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches and now you're not producing fruit that's what the verse says i mean because that's what happened right it's under there there's no sunlight there's no watering and it's dying in there you started out excited but man now you will spend a life bowed down to the experiences you see other people having, to the lifestyles you see other people having, you will bow down to these far faster, far more often than you bow down to the Lordship of Jesus. And you would never say it out loud. But frankly, if you were honest with yourself, your faith is dying being choked out not by evil things I mean maybe and maybe you need to come to repentance it's possible but that faith that once excited you and informed you just being choked out by the stuff and it didn't happen overnight right it's one thing it's one thing you have another kid you have another this you're going from high school into college right it's just all these things they build up on themselves but now all of a sudden you look around at your life and you wonder, man, you wonder, how did I get so comfortable with nominal Christianity? It's the illusion of a full life. But it's weeds. It's weeds. But there's a good soil. The one who listens and understands. And that produces 30 times, 60 times, 100 times, right, of what was planted in before it, right? This is the desire that God has for our lives to produce and to have this kind of fruit. And I pray that's where you're at, right? That we would hear the word, that we let it penetrate that soil within. We'd let that, suit, that seed take root in our hearts and begin to, begin to change something within us. But here's the deal, right? Wherever soil you're in, maybe you're the path, maybe you're getting choked out. Maybe you're the rocks where you feel like you've just been shallow and you've been like petty with your faith and what you feel like you want God to do and accomplish in your life. I think a good question for you to ask yourself is, what's my role in all this? Like, like, like why are you here? Like, what do you really think of God? Like, even those of you just visiting, I uh, may I'll never see your face again. Like, ask yourself, like what, do you, like, what kingdom do you really want to be a part of? 
For those of you that are last semester, before I lose you to the wild, you know, wherever you're going, A&M or, you know, UT or whatever godless, you know. If you go to tech, see me so that I can steer you towards the, you know, not rocky path. Um, I'm kidding. I digress. Everyone in the tech booth, by the way, went to tech, so I need to, like, be careful. What do you really want? What do you want? Know that if you're planting in shallow soil, it'll, blow, it'll, it'll burn up. That kingdom will pass away. And here's what you need to do. You need to understand your role. Are you the gardener? Nope. Are you the seed? No. Are you the thorns, the, the thistles, the rocks in there? I hope not. What are you? You're the soil. What does soil do? Soil does not plant. It does not reap. What does soil do? It sits. It receives. This is your role. You receive the word. And over time, like a seed, it germinates, it goes through stages, sometimes droughts, sometimes storms, sometimes pruning. But over time, it births something and transforms something, a new real life within you. How? By you trying to remove the thorns? You don't remove the thorns. Soil does not remove thorns. The gardener does. And so these things in your life, one of the best things you could do, right, going home, if you're like, I, you're right, Matt, I'm choked out. Pray. Ask the gardener. Lord, I've got these thorns. He's like, you know what? I got thorns covered. You know where? When they were imprinted upon my head. Yeah, the stones in your garden? That's a problem. Well, I went behind a stone for three days that you might have life, that this word might actually implant within you. I got it. Receive me. Receive me. Verse 18 of this passage, it'll say this, therefore consider carefully how you listen. That's my prayer for you this year. Listen carefully. Where are you? Have you never thought with your heart? Do the work. Give him a shot. Try softening. Are you only thinking with your heart and not your head? Deepen. Think more about the fleshy things in your life, right? Are you choked out? Understand that, that God wants to inform these things, not let these things inform your relationship with God. Are you fruitful soil? Amen. Here's, here's what I'd ask. And here's like the benefit of fruit. Like, um, this came to me as I was driving up this morning. This is the last amen we'll play. The ants on my arm, right? They did not bite one at a time. Right? Imagine if one just was like, I'm going to try this out. Immediately what would happen? I'd be like, oh my gosh. Okay. I'd have one bite on my hand. But what do ants do? They release a signal that lets all of them know when to bite at the same time. That's how this happens. Isn't that crazy? Like, God, why did you do that? Um, I got other questions for God, all right? Um, because there's power when they all submit together and act at the same time. And the same is true for a room like this. When all of us find fruitful soil ground and purchase within us, man, anything is possible for the kingdom. There's great power within us. 
And so I pray that we would all do the work together of interworking this faith out. It's not meant to be done alone. It's meant to be like the ants, like we're all in this together. Right? Watch us stand up this morning as we close out. Sorry, I've kept y'all a little late here. Y'all just lucky I didn't share that story in the middle that I was tempted to. What are you going to pursue this year? What are you going to listen to? Lord, I pray for all of us here in this room that as now we go out to engage the world, we'd engage it with a different kind of heart, a different kind of, so maybe, God, you've exposed something within us, and now, God, maybe for, for a lot of us, we're just like, God, this weed needs to be ripped out of my life. This thorn needs to be taken out. Lord, these roots need to be deeper. I'm just, I'm burning alive. And so, Lord, we just, we surrender these things to you. So for the heart in here, I just pray they wouldn't leave here without doing the work of looking to the gardener and asking for a deeper, richer soil. Lord, the truth is a lot of us, we're not landing in one soil camp here. The fact is, is I mean, we're probably all experiencing different levels of these soils at different times in our life. And so God, in only the way that you can parse it out. Know what this garden needs over here versus what this plant needs over here all within us. We know you can do this. But Lord, many of us do not have because we do not ask. And so I pray that this year might be marked by an asking for a different kind of soil, different kind of mind, a different kind of heart, a different kind of hearing. And so Lord, today we leave with your blessing to go and engage within this. And so church, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you, be gracious unto you. May the Lord look upon you with his favor and grant to you his everlasting peace. Amen. We'll see you all next week.